This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am personally really excited about this episode. We're gearing up for March 2021, and our first workshop on authenticity this month is all on the contrast, acknowledging your messy, true north. And in spirit of that workshop, which is coming up on March 4th at 7.30 Central Standard Time, we will include the link to the Eventbrite in the show notes for this episode. We have put together a best of episode where we've gone back to past episodes that talk about the messy side of living your true north and talk about the contrast. What does it look like to hold both extremes and everything in between into your life, into yourself. So we're going to go back, jump in. You're going to hear clips from different episodes that highlight the contrast, and we really hope you enjoy and hope to see you at the workshop on March 4th at 7.30 Central Standard Time. Enjoy. And what's um, really keeping me to my true north or guiding me to my true north is um embracing it all and not shying away and, and avoiding the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. What has allowed you, do you think, to be able to open up to all of it? I mean, for one, I think saying yes to opportunities that are uncomfortable and um, which led me to, to you and our relationship over 2020 and being vocal and sharing about what's coming up, like just being vulnerable about it. Yeah. Beautiful. And you're doing it again today. I'm doing it and it's scary <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome though, that so many people don't show up for it. So the fact that you're here and you can acknowledge that it's scary and still show up is really cool. I think it's so fascinating, the idea that sometimes what we're really good at and what seems like is our thing isn't. And I can definitely relate to, to that of like, I should be enjoying this more than I am. I should, like my brother and I actually used to talk about this a lot because he's super good at sports and like really good at baseball. And like they, they wanted him to like play and like he hated it. And I think he enjoyed the sport and like enjoyed being athletic and enjoyed the com- camaraderie of it, but but he didn't really enjoy the game. And, um, and, and, you know, in my own ways, there have been things in my life where I'm just really good at something, but I'm like, I don't want to do that. And before I had found coaching, which feels like dancing felt like my thing. And then there was like a period of time in there where I was just like, I don't know, I'm really good at this stuff. So I'm doing it, but I don't really know. It was like, I didn't have anything else to lean onto that felt like I was decent at it enough to keep learning or that, and that I liked it. And so I felt kind of lost in there. So like the ability to have something that you were clearly good at and 
and, and to choose, like, I'm going to say no to it, maybe without having something else. And I don't know that I might be projecting that onto you. Um, I, I would imagine that that's like a confusing thing. I feel like that's a really good point, even as we talk about our adult lives, because people get that way in their careers, too. I mean, sport, a sport can obviously be a career, but I think a lot of us, it's like, I've been doing this for a long time, or even there's stuff if I look at my own life, I'm really good at operations and like task management and things like that, which yes, it serves me and it's a necessary part of most jobs, but because I'm good at it, I think a lot of times I'll default and Rachel, you and I just had this conversation, but like I'll default to it because I'm like, whatever, I'm good at it. I can handle it, but I don't necessarily like it. It doesn't light my soul on fire. Whereas there's this creative side of me that I've always wanted to explore that I'll like pat myself on the back and not talk down to myself. Like I do think I'm a creative person and I can do creative things, but I haven't spent the time to hone that skill set. So when I think about like applying for a job or having a career that leans into more of my creative side, a lot of people it's like, well, what are you really good at? And it's like, well, I don't know if I'm actually that good at like, creativity in a career sense but I know that really excites there's some I don't know when it happened but at some point and I think it was like early 2020 like something hit me that made me be like oh my shadow my performer is a bad thing and like I had to start to re like reprocess it again of because again, I think it was like when I realized I was performing, but then I'm like, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for external validation? And I was like, I think I'm doing it for external validation. And then it was, well, your performer's not good then. And then I like took a step back and was like, I can't be this performer then because I'm not doing it for the right reasons. And that's I, like, I think that whole process just like knocked me off my horse completely. And I feel like a lot of the confidence that I had, like, even pre, you know pre 2020 has just been like I'm now finally just starting to rebuild it up and be like no okay you can be the performer because that is a side that I really do like about myself but you can also do it for yourself and not for other people or like for the applause so I think I'm just trying to like it's the new like the nuances that we always talk about of like how to do it but in a, a different way and it took almost like rejecting that part of myself and like not basically losing I feel like my mojo and confidence around it to like all then reintegrating it from hopefully a more whole internal place yeah well and I I like my shadow self that or one of the parts of my shadow that I have historically been pretty hard on is like how deep and um, deeply emotional I am. And I'm, I don't mean that I'm like necessarily crying at the drop of a hat, but I like really go there, like really vulnerable, almost to the point where people will be like, God, why are you so serious all the time? And I'm not, I mean, I am, but I'm also not. And, and so when that side of myself would show up, I would get really uncomfortable and be like, there's something wrong with this. And, um, I don't know, I think it was, well, it had been late last year. 
I remember just being like, that is a part of who I am. Like, I mean, for me, I experienced traumatic things that gave me exposure to a depth of life that not everybody has had. And that doesn't mean that everybody ends up with the personality default that I had, but um, for me, it made me really connected to these really deep, vulnerable nuances. And I like to go there and that it feels good for me to like explore that. Um, and when I was trying to fight it, it was like, I shut down. But if I just acknowledged that that was like a part of who I am, I'm owning it for myself. And if anybody says anything to me about it, it's kind of like, yeah, I already know that. And is, is this not an environment you're not feeling it? Okay, cool. That's totally fine. Cause I'm cool with that's how I, that being a part of who I am. And I don't need to go there right now or I do. And so I'm actually going to remove myself from the space and think about the people in my life who, who can go there or might want to and ask them if they can hold the whole, you know, go there with me. Um, but until I could own it for myself as like just a, another part of who I am, um, like I couldn't do that. I was just trying to stuff it away. Um, so I, I don't know if it's felt the same to you or not, but um, I can definitely relate to having parts of yourself. Cause I know that makes me like a great coach. And like, I'm mm -hmm. sure there's aspects of your performer that like are a benefit. And so being able to find equanimity with it has allowed with my, my seriousness, mm -hmm. um, my inner Eeyore is what I was calling it for a moment. Um, you know, the equanimity allows me to, uh, bring it to the surface as it serves me or the situation without being so attached to it meaning anything. Um, but it's a journey. I mean, but I've never been happier. I've never had more freedom. I'm now teaching, you know, 10 classes a week, doing everything I want to do. And it's all because of that one moment in life that I just kept persistently seeking and feeling the benefits of all of the things I was doing in my life. And so I found that ease. I found that calm side of myself. And now in this place, seven years later, it's really fun to bring back in that fun, boisterous side and be the paradox. Yeah. It was hard at first. I couldn't balance the two. I was like, well, I need to go over to this extreme. And that didn't feel right either. I'm not a monk yeah. sitting in the woods, you know, oming. <laughs> and that was weird. So now it's just a really, I can balance it really well. And I actually teach from that space. Mm -hmm. I, I cuss like a sailor. I tell you how I yell at my kids. I tell you, it's real. It's human. And then all of the tools, all of the studies that I've done, all of the um, training that I've had kind of just has helped me manage being a human. Yeah. Unapologetically. Yeah. I have found so much in my own conversations with clients that I have and things that I do that the most um, impressive or like the people, the, the guides that are the most impactful are the ones who are so open about the work that they're doing themselves too. It's, and which is so crazy. I'm always like, why did, would anyone want to know that like I threw a calendar across the room last week and like they're really going to trust me that I know what the fuck I'm doing and there's a humanness to it mm -hmm. there's like a relate a relatability in oh yeah I have permission to 
you know, still be in progress and still be learning. And I see how awesome I think you are as a guide. And I also see that it's okay to be the contrast. Mm -hmm. And so I have found that um, to be so fascinating to me that people actually don't want to be guided by people who have it all together and are like perfectly in a bow. Nobody trusts it. Or putting on a front that they are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I find the same thing and it really connects me to my students, to my clients. And it's important because I feel like the voices out here and, and you know, the wellness industry, the meditation industry, the mindfulness industry, yoga industry, it's just exploding. But a lot of the things you aren't hearing are this shit is hard. Yeah. It's brutal. It's gut wrenching, heartbreaking, lay on your meditation mat, sobbing hard. Because if you're willing to do the work that I've been doing, that I know you've done, that a lot of people in our circle have done, it is not for the faint of heart. And so to share, when people are showing up to, to yoga often and definitely to meditation classes, usually they're seeking something. They're wanting something. And I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's easy. I will tell you the truth that it's inside of you and it's absolutely nowhere else. Yeah. But if you're looking inside, you're going to see all yeah. of the dirty, dirty, dirty shit that yeah. you came with. Yeah. And are you willing to look? And I think that's a really important message because it's not all yeah. butterflies and unicorns. No. It's quite <laughs> the opposite of that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janelle, what were you saying to me the other day? You were like, I seriously think that deep down inside I'm actually fucked up. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, sister, we all are. Totally. We all are and we Pretty all are Pretty much aren't. a direct quote. It's like we looked and we saw. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got the best seat in the house sitting behind everybody. Yeah. There you go. You get to see the show. Maybe, I want to, like, jump off the stage and in the crowd and have the people carry me away. You, you can. <laughs> yeah. Dude, maybe that's why we get along so well, Sean, because I've never really, I mean, I have met some other people, but I always picture myself as a very, very powerful person, but I'm, I'm not, you, I for sure can stand up in front of people and like inspire a crowd. Like I've, I've definitely done that before, but I prefer to be like the power that ignites other people to feel really powerful at the mic. I don't know. And I always see myself in like, it's not that I'm in the background because I'm hiding or that I'm not important or I don't know. But drummer, that's a really good, I like that visual for even myself of just like you're carrying this really solid foundation for everybody to feel like they can, you know, be held up to be their best. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. It's the same thing to jump back on our wrestling kick it's the same thing with with he like it, the bad the bad guys in wrestling or heels you can only be you have to be pretty you know sustainable and pretty like a great worker i guess you could say to be a bad guy because bad guys pretty much lead the match the whole time all the good guy has to do is come back at the end and win the match basically so it's funny because it's like everyone wants to be the good guy and they want to be the champion and stuff but it's really the bad guy who runs the matches and who who you know makes the good guy look good and so to speak so oh my god i'm like having i just that has connected so (laughs) <laughs> that statement has connected so many dots for me. Like, 
it is it's so true like we always want to I don't know I felt like people have always wanted me to live well for many times I've heard people be like oh Rachel I just wish you could be content like or even in our world it can become really saccharine but like and not that you need shit in order to experience good but like there's a place for that and to yeah to recognize your ability to own all those parts of yourself is pretty powerful like and not have those things rule you but just be an aspect that you are aware of I don't know that's how I'm hearing I'm having like a out-of-body experience right now it's just like it again I'm not like to some sort of finish line in this but I'm seeing those patterns and being in because I'm currently staying with my parents. I think a lot of people, if you've been listening to podcasts, you know that, but um, back in like my, you know, my childhood bedroom, living <laughs> where I grew up from ages zero to 18, because I lived in this house my entire uh, adolescence. Um, it's It's been interesting to see like this new version of me, this person I want to be, and then being in a space where I never was that person before. And it, like the contrast is showing up even more so than before I think just because like the the environment I'm in so it's been really interesting just like to analyze analyze that so I'm kind of rambling but I hope that other people would be like oh yeah that like I've felt that or thought that or maybe haven't thought that aspect of it yeah it's I mean it's super relatable and um first of all I think I feel like I can say this to you now, but like, I think you going back to your childhood experience is like such a gift for you because (laughs) to be able to relive, like to see and experience yourself show up differently in that environment, it's like source, you know, um, like I moved away from my childhood home. So like I have gone back to Libertyville and re-experienced Libertyville in a different way, but Um, you know, and I've experienced people from my past in different ways, but like, you kind of get to go back to like, I don't know, like a memory from a doorway and like stand there and honor the past while recognizing that you're here now and what's here now and where do you want to go? Like, that's pretty powerful. So as much as it might be like a lot and suck, (laughs) like you're getting to like, experientially transform that stuff and that's pretty cool i'll say it is cool and it sucks like you said for sure and i think one of the biggest things is just like for me right now and i'm like really we're getting really vulnerable but sitting in like in this moment of acknowledging how easy it is to regress and I don't think it's true regression, right? Like there's, you can't, uh, like I know inside me, like I can't unlearn the things that I've learned and like this person that I want to be. But I do think it's very easy to fall back into old dynamics. But now it's like, I, and I don't love this phrase, but it's like, I know better. (laughs) Quote, okay, again, I'm like quoting again. Um, But like still falling back into those experiences so I'll say I'm like oh I've been doing all this work and it is a lot of internal work but I will not 
hardly say it's been externally reflected yet. <laughs> and that's okay. At like, least not in this that's... scenario or environment. Yeah. I mean, what, you've been there a few weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there is something to that point, Janelle, that's really beautiful in like acknowledging that it's not like the mistakes are part of part of it and the ability to just own it. And like, I don't know, it's, it's very easy to put on this facade that from the outside in people then are like, Oh my gosh, you're just like, holy moly, you're amazing. But to know that like, you're amazing. And you've also made been shitty. <laughs> like, like there's something really powerful in that. I actually, when I first started coaching at Lululemon and I, so the way that the coaching worked is that in order to do it, cause I was piloting this program that I created, I also needed to work for the company in some capacity. Cause they're like, we're going to pilot it. We don't know if it's going to be anything. I was like, okay. So I worked at this high volume store and I was just like testing out different things of how do I bring coaching to this team of 75 and what does it look like? And as I was working the floor and then also doing coaching with people, no one really knew what that was going to be like. And there were days when I would be like, not in a good mood and I was struggling or I would be crying and, and needing a minute. And I was like, how are people ever going to trust me to hold a space for them now that they've seen me? break basically break down over something kind of small you know here or there and uh, what ended up happening was several people came up to me and said I just want you to know how important it was for me to see somebody that I admire so much also break down like it was so important for me to to know that that's like there isn't a standard like I actually it, it gave them permission that in this moment with their foibles they still have the capacity to have mistakes live right alongside their being empowered and being powerful. And so. And I think the thing with every person who is strong and strength comes in so many different ways, as you so beautifully said, I think when we see people who are strong, people who have done the work, people who are looking at their shit and thinking things through, what we don't see is again, the behind the scenes. And that's the pain and the sadness and the doubt that comes from questioning who you are. If you're going to learn who you are, you're going to question who you are. And so it's, it can be crippling. I, I can be on the floor, just the biggest mess you've ever seen in your life, but that's how I get to the other side too. And it's all just a balance of, of, learning from other people, learning from ourselves, learning from experiences, relationships, years of with the same person, meeting new people. It all ties in as long as we're looking at it and learning from it. Yeah. I love, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go today because we never do, but I love <laughs> the acknowledgement of like the contrast that we are. Yeah. And like you aren't, we aren't all one thing. Mm -hmm. Like we're all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and paying yep. attention when when we are at one pendulum swing and when we're at the other and when we're in the middle and when we're at like the 47.56 <laughs> degree mark you know it's like and we're praying going yeah. is, this, is this close is this close is this true? like is this good vibration i don't know oh my gosh. like baby me. girl baby girl give me a sign baby girl baby girl so true 
That's exactly what I was just Marco Poloing you about, Rachel. Oh, really? I, I haven't watched just, it yet. Yeah, well, remember I was saying, I'm like, you know, I consider myself a confident person, and I exude it, and then somewhere deep inside of me, though, on all the way on the other side, I just... I have this insecurity of rejection yeah. or moments where you hate yourself. And that's where I was like, I just think I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it's true. I mean, it speaks exactly to, to this where it's like, you're trying to put yourself in a, a category. Like you can't be both. I can't be confident and have it be truly me. And then also have deeply rooted, you know, feelings of rejection. And, and it's just not true. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how, who we are it is we are all we're of all it. of it and you get more of the confidence and the joy and the things whatever the positive thing you're going for in your particular journey from looking at the so-called negative stuff mm-hmm. the, when you look at the stuff the harder stuff the good stuff gets better yeah so there's more lower i think i find that the lows are lower but the highs are higher and then you find as you work through your stuff as you're willing to look as you're willing to be honest with yourself as you're willing to look at your feelings crumple on the floor hate yourself hate everybody else do all the things you know the whole gamut of whatever it is then you work through it then you release a lot of it and then you find yourself more in that space of the contentment and the and they excitement and then your little kids start coming back and they start playing with you more and you start you know telling the jokes that you used to tell and it just then it then it all all the paradoxes start to come together in a way that makes sense yeah (sighs) thank you I, i have a question for you you mentioned um being able to start seeing in color can you talk about that more and what that means to you yeah so I suppose almost in a lot of ways because I was building that business fueled on wanting to prove people wrong, wanting to show people that I could, wanting to step out of the past that I'd had, the fact that my parents had worked incredibly hard to show that I was curious enough and disruptive enough to make things happen differently. What that ultimately did is it it led me to see things in a very narrow way. So I actually ended up working alongside the business for four years trying to find fulfillment when fulfillment would have come from stepping out and then actually looking at the bigger picture Um, also running the business I wasn't able I'm quite high functioning as an individual and that allowed me to do a lot of the business's processes myself as the business grew and I didn't physically have the capacity to replicate myself because it was fueled by such frustration, it became me and what I couldn't do, I would automate and automate and automate. And so I had an almost, you know, I had a seven figure business that was just me and automations and that very narrow thinking didn't allow me to delegate things to other people. Didn't allow me to go and find the amazing gifts and talents of people to join me on that journey because I was so, so determined. But I had my head down, couldn't see. I was looking at my feet in black and white. And all of a sudden, becoming unwell, I had to pull my head up. And I pulled my head up and I could only see black and white. And I was like, this, life's got to be about more than this. I've got to be able to see wider. I've got this mind which likes connecting dots, which likes algorithms, which likes patterns. But at the moment, I've just been blind, not being able to see. 
and going through that process of cultivating that gratitude and becoming more self-aware and actually starting to listen to my body that was one of the biggest things because to recover I had to listen to my body for the first time properly and really anchor into that to understand how I was feeling and then utilizing that in my recovery and that kind of then expanded out to me listening to everything and starting to experiment with my nutrition and my sleep to come off the medication that I was on because that medication dampened my immune system so I didn't attack myself and in June I took my last dose of medication and now I'm controlling it by lifestyle alone but that is the power of seeing in color because all of a sudden I know how my body feels when I do things I listen to it and it's an amazing feedback loop it tells you everything that you need to know except as human beings we've become so desensitized to it in everyday life we walk around most of the time on autopilot we occasionally feel things and wonder oh, i feel awful today but they don't go any deeper they don't investigate why because there's a reason it's a signal and i suppose as human beings when we realize that things that happen to us are signals are highlighting something not to be ignored if we actually treat our life like a traffic light, we might actually start to understand that when things are red, you need to stop and reflect. But there are times when it's green, you need to go. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at the True North Collective dot org to be signed up for all of the latest news and events. We hope to see you on March 4th at 730 Central Standard Time for our monthly workshop. Thank you for being here. <laughs>